You're listening to the Retro Wrestling Review Podcast. Hello everyone, I'm Gus Edwards and welcome to the Retro Wrestling Reviews Podcast. This is a special bonus episode today. I've had some emails over the past week or so to ask me to review some older WWF shows. I had decided to review SummerSlam 1991, which was a show that made me a fan for life. Unfortunately, while watching the show, the sad news broke about the passing of Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. I decided to switch things up and review something that Mr. Wonderful was most famous for. His feud with Hulk Hogan. I didn't realise that the big event show was on the WWE Network and I've never seen it before, so it made perfect sense to review the show as a tribute to Paul. The SummerSlam 1991 show will still happen, but will probably be delayed by a week. When I first started watching WWF in 1991, Paul Orndorff was already gone from the company. But I always remember the first three wrestling videos I bought. Greatest Hits an Ultimate Warrior compilation, and WrestleMania's Greatest Matches. That video had matches from the first four WrestleManias. There was Honky Tonk Man vs Brutus the Barber Beefcake at WrestleMania 4 for the Intercontinental title. There was a six-man tag from Mania 3, which was the British Bulldogs and Tito Santana vs the Hart Foundation and Danny Davis. Then there was the Battle Royal with the NFL players at WrestleMania 2. And from the first WrestleMania, I had the main event of Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper versus Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. First impressions in life always count, so seeing Mr. Wonderful in the main event of WrestleMania meant I always saw him as a big star. I never saw him consistently though until early 1993 when he went to WCW and won the TV title. He was very over with the fans at that time, mainly due to the Paula chant that the fans did. Once we move on to Mid-South Wrestling in our reviews, we'll see more of Orndorff as he was a regular there until he went to the WWF. Let's go on with the review of the show. This is a big event from Toronto, Canada and it's the 28th of August 1986. The show opens with Mean Gene in a helicopter flying over Toronto. I'm not sure if he was actually in the helicopter, I think he was maybe just doing... Um, voiceovers, but they had clips of the show interspread throughout. This is an outdoor arena and it's packed with over 60,000 fans and it looks incredible. The first match is the Killer Bees, Jumpy Jim Brunzel and B. Brian Blair versus Hoss and Jimmy Jack Funk with Jimmy Hart as a manager. Hoss Funk of course is Dory Funk Jr and Jimmy Jack Funk is Jesse Barr and not a member of the Funk family. The commentators for tonight are Gorilla Monsoon Ernie Ladd and Johnny Valiant. Blair and Hoss start off and Blair takes care of Hoss and Jimmy Jack with a couple of body slams which cause the heels to bail. Dory is 45 here but as always with Dory he always looks at least 20 years older. Jimmy Jack tags in as does Jim Brunzel. He doesn't get anywhere so he brings Hoss back in. The bees are getting a good bit of shine at the start of the match which the baby faces should get especially in the first match of the show. Brunzel gets Jimmy Jack in the sleeper, but the ref gets distracted and Hoss hits a knee to the back of Brunzel to start off the heat segment. The match gets clipped here and it cuts to the bees on the outside putting their masks on. The bees do a switcheroo and Brunzel gets a pin on Jimmy Jack with a small package. 
And from what we saw, it was a decent match to start the to start the show. The next match is King Tonga, also known as Haku, and it kind of goes between two names here during the match against Don Morocco with Mr. Fuji. This is around the time when Fuji and Morocco are doing these hilarious skits on primetime wrestling. Most famous of them is Fuji Vice. If you hadn't seen them before, you really need to check them out. Tonga hits a great drop kick. You forget how agile he was in his early years. This is another clipped match, so it's difficult to get into a flow. Match slows down to a crawl during the heat segment as Morocco puts on a nerf hold. They clip again, and it comes back to Tonga still in the nerf hold. I dread to think how long he was in it for. Tonga makes his comeback up with the hold, but short lived, and he misses a charge into the corner. Morocco starts working over a leg and then puts on a figure four, but Tonga gets to the ropes. At this point, I'm begging for more clipping. Morocco goes to the top rope, but he gets caught by Hakun and slammed off. It's a real comeback time now by Tonga, and he hits a crossbody off the top rope before the bell rings, and it's a time limit draw. So I'm guessing that they actually did clip out a good few minutes of this match. We then go to Todi Guerrilla versus Ted RCD. Ted RCD is a strong man. I think he was billed as the world's strongest man. Not too sure he was ever won like a world's strongest man um, competition, but I think he was legitimately very strong. But this match could be pretty bad. Guerrilla is the definition of dad bod. 30 years before that came, I think. There's something happening in the crowd which has caused half of them to turn their backs on the ring. It could be this match, though. RCD grabs Guerrilla into a bear hug and gets a quick submission. Thankfully, they kept this short. Next up is Adrian Adonis with Jimmy Hart versus the Junkyard Dog. Dog starts off fast, attacking Adonis with his chain, which for some reason is not a DQ. For his size, Adrian Adonis could still take some really great bumps. Dog pushes the referee, which again is not a DQ. But this distraction allows Hart to spray the perfume in Dog's face, and Adonis gets the heat. Adonis hits a knee off the second rope for a two count. They fight outside the ring, but they seem to get him before the ten count. Adonis gets him before Dog and they keep fighting. Dog then ducks a charge by Adonis, and he hits Hart and goes over the top rope. The bell rings, and they give the match to Dog via count out. Something tells me that the finish might have been a little bit botched here. Our next match is Dick Slater versus Iron Mike Sharp. Despite being Canada's greatest athlete, Sharp still can't get any cheer from the Canadian fans. Slater's draped in the Confederate flag, he also gets booze from the crowd. Sharp is always on everyone's list of favourite job guys. The show's still not kicked into gear yet and I don't think this is a match that's going to change things. Slater hits a horrible spinning neck breaker, then hits an elbow off the top rope. Not the Randy Savage elbow. Sharp is standing up straight and he takes it to the back of the neck. And that's a pin. Thankfully another match that's kept short. We then go to a six-man tag team match. It's the Machines, Super Machine and Big Machine. And Lou Albano versus King Kong Bundy, Big John Studd and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Super Machine is Bill Eady, who will soon go on to become Axe in Demolition. And Big Machine who is Black Jack Mulligan. On the outside is Giant Machine, who of course is Andre the Giant. Super Machine and Stud start off the match. 
who don't really do that much, then Big Machine and King Kong Bundy tag in. Blackjack Mulligan is one of these guys that people really underrate the size of. He looks absolutely huge here. Stud gets Big Machine down, so this allows Heenan to get in. He tries to get the mask off the, the machine, but Super Machine makes a save and Heenan bails. They get the heat on Super Machine. He makes a tag to Albano, so it's Heenan and Albano facing off. Heenan takes a great flip bump into the corner, then goes for the eyes of Albano and makes a tag to Stud. The three of them are working over Albano in the corner, so Andre runs in and cleans house for the DQ. Our next match is Jake Snake Roberts versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in a snake pit match. This is no DQ, anything goes. Of course, we've been watching both of these guys in our Mid-Atlantic reviews. Roberts attacks Steamboat at the start, but of course that doesn't work out well and Steamboat gets the advantage. This is already the highest paced and best match of the show so far. Steamboat is great. He works over the arm of Jake, then goes for some high spots to keep the crowd alive and then goes back to working on the arm. They end up outside and fight over a chair. Steamboat gets the chair and hits Jake with it. This gets a big pop because you hardly ever see chair shots at this time. Back inside and Steamboat goes back to the arm. Jake gets the heat by throwing Ricky over the top rope. Jake doesn't capitalise straight away as he's still selling the beating that he's had so far. They fight on the outside and Jake catapults him into the ring post. Plenty of fighting on the outside taking advantage of the lack of rules. Back in the ring and Steamboat is bleeding. Nice short clothesline from Jake. Jake then hits a gut buster and goes for the pin. He gets cocky though and straddles Steamboat who reverses it into a cradle for the win. An excellent match. Billy Jack Haynes versus Hercules Hernandez. These two would end up wrestling again at WrestleMania 3. They start out doing some high spots, including a couple of leapfrogs. Pretty impressive for their size. This is another clipped match. Hercules is in control here, dropping elbows onto Haynes. Billy Jack makes his comeback with more elbows and a backbreaker. Haynes goes for the full Nelson, but Hercules counters with a low blow. Back to another heat segment for Hercules. This isn't very good. Haynes eventually counters a neck breaker with a backslide and gets the win. Tag team match next and it's the Rougeau brothers Jacques and Raymond versus the Dream Team, Greg the Hammer Valentine and Brutus, not quite the Barber Beefcake. Rougeaus are big baby faces here. They clean the house early on and work over Valentine. This referee is very slow with these counts. It's like Check both shoulders are down. One. Check both shoulders are down. Two. It's just insane. The Dream Team eventually gets some heat on Jacks. Monsoon's now burying the referee's slow counts too. Even he- heel referees don't count this slowly. Heel miscommunication lets Jacks make the tag. They hit the somersault from the top, which ended up being the Quebecers finish in the early 90s, but Valentine makes a save. The match falls apart again, there's just been no real flow to this. Dream Team works over Raymond on the outside. We might actually be getting a proper heat segment here. This match just isn't as good as what I thought it was going to be when when they were going into it. Sharks finally gets a hot tag and hits four drop kicks on the Dream Team, but straight away gets cut off, but then he comes back with a double drop kick on them before missing the move off the second drop. Hammer puts on a figure four, 
but Ramon breaks it up and it turns into a four-way. Valentine goes for another figure four on Jacques, but Ramon counters it with a sunset flip and the ref counts at normal speed for once for the win. Next up is Harley Race versus Pedro Morales. This match would have been huge in the 70s. NWA Champion versus WWF Champion. Not sure how it will be 10 years past their prime though. Actually, I don't know if they did actually wrestle when they were both champions in the 70s. Maybe somebody could let me know. This isn't that bad of a match. It's done at a decent pace. And we do have the slow count referee again. It's short and it's decent. And Race picks up the win after pinning Morales with his feet on the ropes. And now we're on to the main event. This is what everybody's here for. Paul Orndorff versus Hulk Hogan for the WWF title. This was set up with a, an angle where Orndorff turned on Hogan um, a couple of months beforehand. Orndorff wasn't the only person that turned on Hogan in the 80s. It seemed to be the, the normal thing. A lot of people always blame Hogan for the, the heel turn, saying that he was actually in the wrong. I'm not always on that th- thought process. When it comes to the Randy Savage one, I think Hogan was in the right. With Andre the Giant, you know, I think he was probably in the right. But with this this turn, Paul Orndorff was definitely in the right. Um, it was set up with, I think he got beat down by King Kong Bundy and Big John Studd. And he was told to find a partner. And of course him and Hogan were friends. So he's like, I'll get a partner, I'll get Hogan. And you see him backstage on the phone trying to get hold of Hogan. And Hogan's not coming to the phone because Hogan's busy working out. Of course, what happens is Orndorff looks like an idiot. So eventually, the tag match does happen with Hogan and Orndorff against Bundy and Stud. And during the match, Orndorff turns on Hogan. So this ended up being a gigantic feud between the two of them. I read last night that in the seven days surrounding this match, Hogan and Orndorff wrestled in front of a combined 150,000 fans, which is just an amazing number. When they show the long shot of the crowds here, it just looks incredible. Orndorff starts off with a sneak attack, but Hogan comes back to clean house. The crowd's going wild for this. People always think of Hogan feuding with the Giants, but his two biggest house show runs were with Orndorff and Randy Savage. Orndorff gets a heat here after some interference by Heenan and goes to work with stomps on Hogan and he hits a suplex on the outside. One thing you have to say about Hogan, he's more than willing to sell for people. This match is very well heated here and you could tell people believe Hogan and the title is in danger. Wonderful goes for his pile driver, but Hogan counters with a backdrop. This isn't the, the comeback, though. Still more heat for Orndorff. There are pockets of fans in the crowd who are behind Orndorff, though. Hogan starts to hulk up, and he hits Orndorff with a running knee to the back, which bumps the referee. Hogan signals for a pile driver for himself, but he then runs in, and he nails Hogan with a wooden stool. Wonderful has a visual pin on Hogan, but there's no referee. He must be down for a 20 count at this point. The referee slowly crawls over and he taps Orndorff on the back three times and he thinks that he has won. Orndorff and Heenan are celebrating with the belt. He's got it wrapped around his waist. But then Howard Finkel comes in and makes the announcement that Hogan is a winner by DQ. 
so I'm guessing the referee saw Heenan hitting Hogan with the stool. Wonderful beats down Hogan and goes to hit him with the belt, but Hogan blocks it. Hogan then makes his comeback, hits a big boot, and Orndorff bails. Overall, this wasn't the best show in the world, but the fans came to see Hogan and Orndorff, and that's what they got. The best match on the card was Ricky Steamboat and Jake Roberts. Hogan and Orndorff was obviously the most heated match. I hope everybody has fond memories of Mr. Wonderful. Thanks again for listening. There will be a new regular episode of the podcast out on Sunday. And next week's bonus episode will be SummerSlam 1991. Take care of yourself and I'll speak to you soon. Rest in peace, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff.